Move Forward Radio is brought to you by ChoosePT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at ChoosePT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Eric Reese. As lead telehealth physical therapist for the VA, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, Christy Crawford is in the thick of efforts to meet the physical therapy needs of veterans who live in rural areas. The VA offers an increasing number of personalized video-to-home and other remote services to reduce veterans' need to travel long distances for in-office care. Christy has seen the benefits of telehealth for veterans, their caregivers, and healthcare providers. But those successes aren't just anecdotal. They're backed by data. Interest in and implementation of telehealth has increased exponentially during the coronavirus pandemic. Now more than ever, individuals and healthcare providers seek ways to provide as many necessary services as possible at a social distance. So we asked Christy to discuss not only the innovative steps the VA is taking to better serve rural veterans, but also to look at telehealth as a whole and to share her hopes for its expansion in civilian society. What makes a person a good candidate for telehealth? What types of technology are required? What services can be provided successfully in this manner? How can recipients of telerehabilitation services best optimize their experience? In this episode of Move Forward Radio, Christy answers those questions and many others. Here's our conversation. So, Christy, thanks for joining us today. Let's start by addressing the elephant in the room, which is that a lot has changed in the world since this podcast interview was first scheduled. Uh, You and I are conversing on March the 19th. Uh, with the nation and the world dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, I'd plan to ask you mainly about current telehealth services in the VA, but rapidly changing guidance and events on the ground are altering many aspects of life for all of us, inside and outside the military and the veteran population. Uh, So presumably at this point, uh, ideally in the not-too-distant future, uh, things will be back to some semblance of normalcy. So much of what we're about to discuss will be in line with that assumption. However, uh, should there be points in this discussion at which you feel compelled to uh, qualify your statements or to add caveats based on unknowns and uh, likely scenarios, uh, please feel free to do that, okay? Okay. Christy, you are uh, the lead telehealth physical therapist at the U.S. uh, Department of Veterans Affairs, otherwise known as the VA. Um, In these early days of coronavirus-related school, business, and other shutdowns, not to mention social distancing, quote-unquote, there's been a surge of uh, interest in and implementation of tele-basically everything around the world. Uh, before we specifically get into what's happening in telehealth within the VA, I, I, talk, uh, I want you to talk a little bit about this moment in history. Uh, a couple of days ago, for example, the uh, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services announced that uh, Medicare is easing some restrictions that will allow civilian PTs to provide uh, patient-initiated, quote-unquote, e-visits to do things like advise patients who are having difficulty with their exercises. Um, first of all, is there anything you'd like to say at the outset about the role in society that telehealth can play and perhaps that you hope it will play in the days and weeks ahead? Sure. So first off, thank you for having me. And I just want to acknowledge that I, I am a lead telehealth therapist at the VA. And these um, what I share is more about my professional experience and opinion with telehealth and it's not representative of the VA or the VA policies. So um, we are in a time of transition right now, and it's crucial that telehealth does get more attention and there's a greater focus and support for it. With our whole social distancing and more people being, not necessarily in lockdown, but 
staying at home more, it's so important that they stay connected with a healthcare provider. And with the transition allowing healthcare providers to do e-visits, I think there's a certain component that allows therapists to engage patients through e-visits. Um, it's not truly telehealth in and of itself, but it's, it's a step in the right direction. And so I think we're heading in the right direction from a reimbursement standpoint, but there's so much more that needs to happen. So, um, so uh, Christy, um, when we talk about telehealth or, or tele-rehabilitation uh, in the context of physical therapy specifically, what does or what can that mean in terms of the services that are offered by the VA and the technology that's required for both the physical therapist and the patient? Well, when it comes to telehealth and telerehabilitation, I really hope that uh, us as a, as a profession, physical therapists, we start to own that definition of telerehabilitation. It could be anything as uh, a storm forward is a term that's sometimes used where you could get on a scale and have a healthcare provider monitor your weight if you have congested heart failure. There's something called synchronous, which is live video. And so there's different ways to use telehealth. And probably the most frequently that's used is the video, the live video, where you can engage your healthcare provider through a live interaction. Uh, video to home is something you might also hear it used as. Um, and then there's some other, other aspects of of digital practice that might include monitoring your step count and those types of things that are really useful tools for a physical therapist to use with their uh, patient population. So there's there's a number of things that really fall under the umbrella of telehealth or telerehabilitation. So uh, what goes into determining uh, whether telehealth is a good fit for an individual's specific needs? There's no single factor, I'll tell you that. There's okay. no single determining factor. It really takes that willingness of, of the provider, it has to be a good provider fit, but from a patient standpoint, they have to be able to understand what it entails, what limitations there are to telehealth, but also what opportunities are there. I really think that it, the patient, the individual at home should be medically stable, but there's a point where caregivers come in too. And so telehealth is a great tool for not just a patient, but the team that supports them at home. Many times it can be used to complement in-person visits, to follow up after an in-person visit. And so I really, it just goes back to what is indicated at that time for that patient and the provider, depending on their treatment plan. You've actually provided a really good segue because it's sort of a three-part question I wanted to ask you about the benefits of telehealth to uh, three different groups, to patients, to caregivers, and to providers. So uh, let's start with, uh, with patients. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the key benefits of uh, telehealth to, to patients. Sure. So for patients, something I've recognized and some of the evidence out there, the research suggests it's convenient. People really appreciate how quick they can connect and not have to worry about driving. So they can save money on travel, save time. Um, there's also less, less time off work for those people that do work. There's less burden for maybe parents that have children at home. Um, and you also get a one-on-one -on -one session for patients. So patients really appreciate that privacy. You can have certain conversations that might be difficult to do in a busy clinic. Um, I think patients also recognize it's a confidence booster. They they then own their own rehab process because they're at home doing it and they're not in the clinic depending on certain machines or certain 
certain aspects. So it's a good way to complement it. But I think one of the most important things for patients is they can connect to a specialist that they might not have in their close vicinity. And so that increased access and availability to see someone that specializes in the area they need is so crucial for, for patients. Well, it's interesting. As you, as you say, they're already in their home environment, so, uh, so there's that sense of empowerment that they're actually able to, uh, to follow the instructions and, and kind of do the things that they're being, uh, being taught to, to do uh, right kind of at the source. Right, absolutely. So it's a great changing agent. You know, um, it, it can complement a transition from, okay, you've been in the clinic for about a month or two. Let's get you independent in your own long-term program. And I think it's a great way to sustain that success for that individual. So let's talk a little bit now about the, the benefits of telehealth to, uh, to caregivers. Sure. So caregivers, you know, the, there's a lot on caregivers. There's a lot of stress for caregivers, and it's important for a physical therapist to recognize, and telehealth is a great way to decrease that stress to get a patient to the clinic. Um, there's less time invested than into an appointment. It just takes a few minutes to set up the telehealth, and then that caregiver could get additional training in the home to better understand what that patient might need for better positioning or what is a fall risk in the house. You can take your the camera if you have a tablet or if you're doing the appointment on a cell phone, you can go and say, you know, he falls in the bathroom. Help me understand what can I do to fix this, this situation in the bathroom. Um, so caregivers great, get a different level of support through telehealth. Um, and I think that's an important education aspect. But one thing I think is really rewarding for me with caregivers from what I've seen is some of them work and the patients can't come in during different times. And so their appointment window is very small. And so if the patient's at home, they can sometimes set themselves up while their caregiver's away and have their health care appointment without the caregiver's hands-on need. So it, it, it increases their opportunity and availability to connect with a provider, but also they're going to, what I've seen is I've seen functional improvements. You know, they get stronger. They get, they're able to do more for themselves, and then there's less stress on that caregiver to physically help them. And especially in these times, any any stress you can avoid uh, for anybody, including caregivers, that's that's all to the better. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, Christy, as someone who provides uh, these services, uh, how does it benefit you and potentially other healthcare providers to be able to offer uh, telehealth services to patients? Um, well, I I really think one thing to keep in mind as a provider when you do telehealth is your guest in that individual's home. It's a privilege to connect with them. And so to me, it is a way to connect better with them and better understand them. And then I can even gear that, that plan of care, their, what their goals are in therapy. I can gear them more toward them, knowing what life is really like at home. Um, they, I also think you get better buy-in you know, in, with some of their programs because you do understand what their home life is like, what they do. And as I mentioned before, you can facilitate that transition to the, the home program, and they can associate their success with their home, and they could potentially do some of their home exercises at home. I think there's more um, commitment to those exercises when they're doing that. So for me, I, I feel I'm able to empower them more for long-term success, and I also think it gives me time to truly educate them. It, there's not a busy clinic. There's not the distractions. And so we can focus on something like pain neuroscience or have some conversations 
although it's not my specialty, I think there's a number of providers out there that do telehealth for pelvic floor. And so as a provider, you just really are able to connect and have that one-on-one -on -one private time that is dedicated to certain things that are need to happen, that are pretty crucial to their success. And as you say, if a, if a if a patient is in the clinic, and and I know this from experience, you can you can try to explain to a healthcare provider until the cows come home exactly what the situation is in your house or in your life and everything. But that's it's not the same as being able to visually see the circumstances that are that are being uh, that are being uh, thrown in your way. Absolutely, and I think I think a lot of uh, physical therapists kind of relate to the fact you know you teach them an exercise one day, and I'm a hard learner, so I, I can admit this to myself, but, you know, um, they could learn the exercise in the clinic, and then they go home, they do it, they do it for weeks, and then you see them two weeks later, and you're scratching your head thinking, I don't think I showed you that exercise, and they're doing right. something different, so their time is invested doing the wrong exercise or just not doing it exactly right, so telehealth can allow you to teach them how to do it in their home, and it, it helps that therapist better understand, okay, you can't, you don't have that that chair in the right spot, or you need to use a, a different door frame. So it really just really promotes some success for that patient. Now, now healthcare uh, stakeholders like like the VA, uh, like the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or or uh, uh, CMS, um, and private health insurance companies, and physical therapists, other healthcare providers, all very evidence based in their approach to care. Are, uh, Christy, are you aware of research or data about the success rates of telehealth physical therapy uh, compared to in person office visits? So I think there's plenty of opportunity for more research. There definitely is, and I know there's uh, uh, plenty going on. Um, but when you look at the current research, there is success. There is indications that there is success, and a number, I'd say, majority of patients in these studies report they would do telehealth again. They enjoyed it. it there was a number of benefits to them. Some of the benefits I mentioned earlier, and so I, I think that there is sufficient evidence currently out there to give justice to why this is a necessary and, and reimbursable um, service that can and should be provided. Um, and so I, I think the current literature is definitely out there for those success rates. And it's, it's something that there's a number of providers that want to continue to explore it and offer it. And the patients, they're asking for it. And and I, I, I can tell from my experience, patients reach back out to me a month later and say, hey, can I have, can I, can we just reconnect so I can see where I'm at? So, so anecdotally, you're getting a lot of evidence that it's really helping people. Yes, absolutely. It's a great way to complement in-person visits. You can do some evals remotely without the in-person visit, which I think is frightening for some people. But mm -hmm. there are certain things that if you are trained in a certain way, a hands-off approach, the McKinsey approach, or a, a preferential direction assessment, there's a number of things that you could do. And I honestly think of my rural veterans that I serve. It's so important that they have access to a healthcare provider and a specialist, not just physical therapy, but there's people that live three hours away that I work with. And if I didn't have telehealth, they wouldn't be where they're at today. A quick break to encourage you to move. Physical activity is associated with a reduced risk of chronic disease, not to mention improved bone health, cognitive function, weight control, and overall quality of life. Simply put, more movement is the gateway to better health. Need some help to get going? 
Physical therapists are movement experts who use exercise, hands-on care, and patient education to help you meet your goals. You can contact a PT directly for an evaluation. Learn more and find a physical therapist near you at ChoosePT.com. So uh, one of the major programs in which you're involved is, is, uh, is video to home services. Um, I, I assume that that's a situation in which the, the PT is vocally and visually uh, sharing knowledge and instructions with people who are sitting in front of their home computer or, or perhaps are on their smartphone. But can you describe uh, video to home services in more detail and give some, perhaps give some illustrative examples and anecdotes about veterans and perhaps their caregivers as well, uh, who you and the VA have been able to help in this way? Sure. So we do focus a lot on education, but we do so much more in these visits. So um, just in general, what a visit would look like, there's a number of platforms out there, and the Mm -hmm. VA uses a specific one that is not available to the public, but we create an appointment that is sent out through their email, and then the provider and veteran click on the link, and then they go into this room and the provider locks it, basically. And, and so there's this HIPAA compliance that it's a secure medical room then. Um, and so for us, we use an email link. A number of other systems use different ways to connect. It just depends on um, what that provider is u- using. But to give you a couple examples, I'll, I'll run through probably about maybe three different okay. examples. One, one thing I think is great is telehealth, we stay open. That's one of my biggest things I'm a big fan of. And right now with the current situation, that's a huge factor. Although I'm in Arizona, um, we get snow. We get snow up north, and one of my patients is located up north, and it snowed, snowed quite a bit. And his clinic closed. So even if I was physically at that clinic, the clinic shut down because they were snowed in. But I still had health care with him. I still had my appointment with him. He still had physical therapy and we were able to meet on that day. And I think that's a huge, huge consideration that telehealth, it works, and the doors stay open with telehealth. Mm-hmm. With another example, um, telehealth is a way to connect with those that have difficulty getting out, mobility. But another aspect with that is I work with a patient that has uh, agoraphobia. I've never truly met her, but her mental health provider contacted me and let me know she's falling and she needs some type of assisted device to walk better. And after I spoke with her and interacted with her, we came to the realization it's not an assisted device, it's actually some exercise, some mobility, some, some education. And so it's a, it's a great opportunity to use telehealth to connect with someone that has a number of other issues going on that they're working actively to address, but it's crucial to get in there at that time so she doesn't decline more. But also with getting out, the difficulty with mobility could be individuals with COPD or congestive heart failure. Exercising with them, it takes a great energy to even get out of the house sometimes. So from even a home health perspective, it's it's a great way to connect with them, teach them how to use the pull socks and say, let's do this exercise. I'm going to teach you how to monitor your body, listen to yourself. And so even though they have difficulty getting out, it's so important to recognize there are opportunities to participate in physical therapy remotely without having to make it out to an appointment in the clinic. A last example I'll give you is uh, telehealth can get people back to what they need to do to stay healthy and functional. So there was one individual he that I can think of, he injured his back moving something, and he had a phenomenal home gym, and he was really hesitant to 
use it again. And I was able to work with him to recognize we're going to start with the basic stuff here and then teach him how to get back to his home gym. And in fact, his home gym was better than our home gym, our, our gym here. So it was a joy working with him because his goal was not to use our equipment again. His, his goal was to maintain his health and thrive using his home gym. And so that was, that was so important because he had machines that we didn't have here. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a great way to make sure that people can respect their health and continue to stay active. It's really interesting to me what you said about uh, I, I wouldn't have thought about uh, agoraphobics, but um, you know you, you think of telehealth as being sort of an adjunct. But I mean, to, to someone like that, it's it's the ideal kind of form of of healthcare. Right, absolutely. So that's a very unique situation, and she's a joy to work with. Um, and it, with that, it's it's important to collaborate with other healthcare providers and understand how how important it is to make a joint effort. Well, you know, when you, when you talk about um, uh, what's what's ideal for, for people, uh, that that's sort, of sort of segues into another thing I wanted to ask you about, which is um, with telehealth uh, services likely to increase during the current uh, pandemic, what advice do you have for the patient or caregiver who has never had a remote health care experience? What what can they do to make the most out of their uh, their telehealth for for physical therapy or for other services experience? Sure, I think it's important to ask questions as a as a patient. Ask ask all the questions that come to mind, and get a phone number so you can ask more questions if you don't know later on. Don't hesitate to you can ask for the healthcare provider's license. Are you a licensed healthcare professional? It's important to know who you're working with and see if they do have any specializations. Ask how to set it up. You know, if, if you're not familiar with it, see if there's someone available to walk you through how to set up, because there's so many different platforms, like I mentioned before. So one provider could do one, and then a different healthcare provider could use a different one. So it's important to recognize that it's a new process for sometimes the provider and the patient. Um, I think for patients and caregivers, on your first appointment, a telehealth appointment, make sure you communicate to that healthcare provider what your emergency plan is, your emergency point of contact. If you're in a video appointment with a healthcare provider, make sure they know what's important to you and how to activate help and what that looks like for you. When it comes to physical therapy in your healthcare appointment for telehealth, I think it's important to give yourself enough space. Your therapist is probably going to want you to move, so have your equipment ready, have it available, um, and also be able to put your device down. You know, if it's a cell phone, be sure you have some way to prop it up. I've had uh, one of my older veterans, he, he and his wife used a tripod, and they were a phenomenal team, huh. um, and so she would move it around so he could continue to par participate in therapy and do some of his balance exercises and not have to deal with touching the phone. So, you know, it, you kind of, it's a, you have to figure out what, what works and ask your, ask the therapist, Hey, can you see me well enough? Do you want me to move anything? Um, and it's, it's great if the patient has support at home to help kind of move the camera around too. So, so the spouse has videographer in effect in, in some situations. Yes. Yes, and I, I applaud them. I mean, I'm so grateful for um, some of the, the caregivers or spouses. You know, it's, they're crucial to the success sometimes um, because it's, it can be stressful. I, I 
work with older adults, and so it can be a little stressful for some of the older adults to use some of the technology, but to be honest, I, I don't see them afraid of it at all. They embrace it, mm-hmm. and they're excited to do it, but it's just something, there's a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Christy, you, you also train other VA staff in, in the use of telehealth, and, and you've worked on, uh, on process Im- improvement. Are, are there any lessons that you've gleaned from your experiences uh, in, in that realm that have improved the patient experience? Sure. I think the biggest thing is communication, recognizing that things change. It is absolutely right now things change, and it's so important to educate and inform not just your other therapist, but who refers to you, who schedules for you. You know, it is a huge team approach. It is not a simple setup. I'm going to do telehealth, therefore I'm ready to go. It can be complicated, and so a few things I've learned is you have to listen. You have to listen to all all your providers, all of the scheduling staff. You have to understand there are challenges and frustrations. Sometimes it's tech-related. Sometimes it's a process. And so I think it's pretty important to also recognize that not every provider wants to do telehealth and not every provider is appropriate for telehealth. And so if there's companies out there saying, Everyone's going to do telehealth. You are now going to do telehealth. I think that's a hard thing to expect. It's not for every patient either. And so you have to recognize what works based off of the services you have. Can you talk a little bit more about that? What, what makes a provider, what makes a patient sort of well-suited for telehealth? Well, when it comes to patients, I, there's not a single factor. Kind of, There's not one thing that's better or worse. But, mm-hmm. you know, you do want a patient that is, um, able to make some decisions that is socially appropriate. And so if you have a, a, a patient that does some questionable behaviors or is not maybe um, able to make certain decisions, I would definitely draw a flag up. You know, you want to make sure that patient is not inappropriate. Same thing with the provider, but you want to make sure that there's maintains a, there's a professionalism that continues in a telehealth appointment. It is so important to uphold that. It is a medical appointment. When it comes to a provider, sometimes it's trial and error. Mm. Um, I, I, there's a number of, of providers that say, I will never do telehealth. It's, it's not what I do. I want to touch my patients. I want my hands on my patients. Some just don't want technology. It, you know, there's, there's different opinions. I also have some patients that say, you know, I don't want a camera in my home. Hmm. And I understand that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, there is a hesitation there. And... You have to, we have to have compassion with that and understand this is not for them. Right. And so for some of those individuals, I actually send them to our satellite clinics, and they're willing to do some remote access with our, um, our we call them CBOX, our community-based outpatient clinics. And so they're willing to do telehealth with another provider present, uh-huh. but not, not in their home. I see. Well, that's interesting. Um, uh, Christy, earlier you were talking a little bit about the, the, the team approach to healthcare. care. Um, uh, telehealth opens the door potentially to make it easier for multiple healthcare providers to work together on, on a single patient's care. Uh, physical therapists strive to achieve that collaboration wherever possible. So what does it look like in a practical sense to have more than one healthcare care provider working together on a patient's care in a, in a telehealth uh, situation? 
So I, I am yet to have another provider present in the video appointment, mm -hmm. um, but that is completely a possibility. So that's a, something we're working with orthopedics right now and some of their post-op patients to get the surgeon or someone else in to that appointment so they could see where they're at in the process of rehab. But I, I do think that it's so important to collaborate. You know, there's specialty clinics in our setting that I can discuss with the geriatric clinic or the orthopedics about being notified for, hey, this patient's appropriate for telehealth. The surgeons have changed some of their protocols to get patients connected with us sooner through telehealth. And I see so much patient satisfaction with that. They are happy to have someone connected before they physically come in or before they're cleared to drive. Um, and so that collaborative approach is so important. You know, it really just brings support to our profession as a physical as physical therapy in general and it identifies that value that we bring and i i think it's so so valuable that we're able to collaborate with other clinicians on this and get different types of referrals and it expands our opportunities for service well, and, and as you say, there's, uh, as you alluded to, there's certainly no technological technological barriers to be able to get everybody together on a, on a on a telehealth session. That's just not something that you've done yet. Right. Yep. But you know, there's from what I've explored and kind of looked at in different types of uh, research articles, there's there's opportunities with say, a a pain clinic, so they could collaborate with a psychologist, the physical therapist. Rec recreational therapist to have a full team approach. And that is something that can be really beneficial to that patient because you have multiple spokes supporting that patient and a no number of providers that bring different things to the table. So um, the, the, the VA's uh, telehealth program extends into a number of other areas as well, including um, offering group exercise and, and other classes from a, from a central VA location to, to other VA uh, facilities and assessing patients' uh, medical equipment needs while a trained uh, telehealth tech is in the room with that person and, and more. Uh, can you talk about some of those efforts and what's involved? Sure. So it, it's kind of like a spoken hub model, if, if you've heard that before, but mm -hmm. it's it's our main hub here in Phoenix, connecting with our locations that might they might be 10 miles away, but it could take the patient 45 minutes to get to us. So we call them community-based outpatient clinics, or CBOX, and we train the telehealth technician for whatever service we're doing at that location. Um, we're able to currently connect six of our locations that are associated with Phoenix, at one time. So we could have a spine class, a shoulder school, and that's a one-time visit, more education-based, where the veteran reports to that, that CBOC, that remote location, and then they are able to connect with our provider here to get the information. Um, it, it really improves access and service. I really like to focus on rural locations. So some of our CBOCs are two, three hours away, and it's important to recognize that there's not as many resources out there and for them to be able to connect to us, it's at least the initiation to understand, do you have other needs? We have the couple one-time school, one-time education schools, which could include fall. And so the technician will do the CDC's screen, 
you know, a certain test to see what their fall risk is. Mm -hmm. So we train that technician so they understand safety considerations. Um, and then we have a few exercise-based classes, which we keep our group size very small at those CBOX. But our technician is, there are hands, there are eyes there. In addition to what we can see, they kind of give us a heads up of, hey, this person walked like this in the clinic. Um, and so it's such a crucial part to have that, that trained technician there. Are these CBOX all over the country? So the VA does have CBOX. It's usually, um, there's usually a, a primary facility and then CBOX located. And then they're each associated with major cities, more or less. Mm-hmm. But ours, ours are within our close area, if that makes sense. So, I mean, it could be three hours away, but we don't have a CBOC that's located in another state, if that makes sense. Right. But what, what you're saying is there may be other uh, VA locations that, that also have CBOCs. Sure. Yep. And, you know, in the public, there's a number of healthcare facilities and organizations that have not necessarily a similar setup, but they have multiple locations. And so I think there's plenty of opportunity for the public to utilize some telehealth to connect, hey, okay, the provider's at that location today, let's set you up with that provider because they specialize in this certain care. And then even though it's an hour away, that public organization could get that patient connected. So we've been discussing uh, telehealth and physical therapy within the context of the VA. Um, it's, it's increasingly available in the civilian realm as well, although its uh, prevalence and applications vary by the laws governing the practice in each state, as well as whether providers can be reimbursed for services uh, provided remotely. But as we've uh, been discussing, tele-everything, tele basically, is of great interest in this time of uncertainty related to coronavirus. Given your experience with telehealth in the VA and the results that you've seen, what's your hope for its expansion uh, throughout the American healthcare system in the coming years? I, I really see change coming and change coming quickly. And I, I think it's something that we need to embrace and recognize that we have to be adaptable. Um, there's a need for better regulation and guidance. And so I think there's, there's opportunities for people to have and better understand what is the the best source of information. Um, you know, talking among, amongst coworkers, there can be some misunderstanding. And so it's important to really recognize that our, the American Physical Therapy Association is, they are coming out strong with some recommendations and clarifications on telehealth. And I think it's so important to see that this change is happening. It's so vital that telehealth for physical therapy becomes a reimbursable service. Um, it's It's something that there's a lot of things out there from a legislative standpoint that are on the table. They just need to really be facilitated. And it's going to take our community. It's going to take our community of physical therapists. It's going to take our community of our patients to use their voice and, and make it implemented and changed so it, it doesn't have to be sadly a cash-based service for the public. So the reimbursement, obviously, is, is a huge challenge. Are, are, there, are there other significant challenges that you see ahead in order to, for telehealth to be able to be greatly expanded for physical therapy services? I think from a provider standpoint, I really want to encourage providers to recognize there's a number of platforms uh, or ways to connect with your patients. And I think it's so important that we maintain certain standards of care and recognize when telehealth does not have a place. 
and be sure that we are respecting privacy and adhere to HIPAA compliance, no matter what. We have certain things that we have to uphold. Well, Christy, uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us on Move Forward Radio. We've really appreciated your sharing your, your insights with us. Yes, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or find previous episodes at ChoosePT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at ChoosePT.com.